Welcome to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Your home for all stuff related to your favorite things in entertainment. Now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Stuff and Things podcast. It is Walking Dead Wednesday once again here on our show, and it is I, Sam, talking to you solo once again, uh, which is actually completely my fault this week. Uh, so, Andy, uh, who was on the show with me last week, who I thought was absolutely brilliant, and I know he appreciated the messages that came in as well, so thank you to everyone who did that. Uh, he was all set to record with me again this week. Uh, but the time that we sorted out, unfortunately, I couldn't do. Um, so it's completely on me. Andy, I know, or hopefully you're listening and not just completely mad at me now. Um, but I really appreciate you and we will definitely be getting you on again. I'm going to stay in touch um, and hopefully uh, maybe we'll get a special for the series finale for The Walking Dead. And we'll also get you on for Christmas. I, I said that and I meant it. Uh, but it is just me still solo. It is me solo for the final time, uh, I hope. Uh, Stefan's returning from his great adventure coming up. But like I said, this is Walking Dead Wednesday. We have an episode of The Walking Dead to talk about, so let's get stuck into it. As everybody who listens knows, we have a tradition where I turn to my co-host, partner in crime, and I say, the title of the episode is, or the title of the episode was, I can't do that, I'm on my own again, uh, which is my own fault, as I may have mentioned. But... The title of the episode, Season 11, Episode 14 of The Walking Dead, The Rotten Core. Um, The show really breaks into two parts for me. Uh, We have a storyline heavily featuring Rosita and Daryl, and we have the storyline with Maggie, Negan, uh, etc, etc. So I'm going to break it down into the two, and I'm going to start with where we left off with the episode I discussed with Andy last week. So Maggie and her strike team, I do in air quotes, you can't see me but there's air quoting going on, arrive into the building where Negan and his new group of people are. Uh, They arrive, they start creating a little bit of havoc. We see the guy who's there as part of the Commonwealth, Um, his name's Toby, not a good guy, ex-CIA, clearly enjoys the violence aspect, clearly quite enjoys the role he has within the Commonwealth. He has his people going floor to floor, room to room, and they are actually exterminating them. And they're doing it in a way, he's on the radio at one point, and he's talking back to the guy back at the Commonwealth. And he basically says to him, like, oh, these people are so far gone, you know, they're they're savages, you know, they're... He, he in essence, is uh, belittling them, kind of speaking down to them, making them subhuman. And, And it's possible he's doing that in his own mind to make what he's doing easier, more palatable, how they sell it to themselves and to other people that they're in essence committing mass murder. Not entirely sure whether that's an act or whether he genuinely believes it. But either way, that is the line they are taking on them. And they are, I mean, they are just obliterating them. Uh, they're, they're full armor uh, with heavy weaponry against people who, who just don't have that. The audio-visual of the episode I thought was excellent. There are plenty of scenes where you don't see what's going on, but you hear it. And I thought that was excellent. I thought it was a really good choice on behalf of the director and the people making the show. To hear the screams, the gunfire, 
the the pleading, you know, the one guy just like, no, no, you know, and, and beg- I mean, it's horrible, it was really horrible, but so well done, um, so many times on the show you pick things up and you sort of say, ah, that could have been better, that, oh, why did they do this, but with this, I, I want to really pay a compliment, because I thought it was excellent. Negan is an interesting chap, um, if Stefan was here, or, or anyone was here with me, I'd probably get into a long old debate about the character. We've done it a few times. I don't think it's good to rehash old stuff. So if we look at the fact that Negan is in this massive redemption arc uh, for his character. And we've seen gradual progression of that. We saw him walk away from Maggie. And when he walked away from her. I, I think we discussed it on the show me and Stefan. Where we basically felt that it was a case of he didn't want to live with having to look over his shoulder constantly and he acknowledged the fact that with Maggie that was never going to be done she could say they were done she could say we're going to be able to live in peace all of those things it just was not going to be the case so he walked away in this episode he elaborates on that that he says he felt his presence was just constantly antagonistic he made the decision to go not just because of that but because he felt that him being there, part of that community, it couldn't he could never be seen as different. What we find here is that he is in a relationship with the lady we met last week. Not only in a relationship, they've gotten married, and not only have they gotten married, she's pregnant. This this is massive, and at the same time, quite annoying. <laughs> now, not annoying because Negan's got a new love interest or any of that. None of that aspect is annoying to me. I felt that was really interesting. Maggie's reaction to learning she's pregnant was incredible. Remember when Glenn was murdered in front of her, she was pregnant. All of these things, you know, uh, Negan feeling very uneasy that Maggie and her were together, possibly thinking to himself, can I think of a worse kind of revenge Maggie could have on me? than killing this woman who's carrying my child. All of these things are just bottled into this episode and to these moments and are just really well done. Compliments to Maggie, uh, the actress Lauren Cohen played her in this. Her um, her kind of uh, acting and reacting in this to the news, I thought was brilliant. I thought it really conveyed, without saying any words, just conveyed the raw emotion of you have got to be kidding me how can you love this guy? He's a freaking monster. And the woman uh, revealing, you know, he told me. He told me everything. I know all about you. I know every detail. Um, and she does hit the nail on the head, which is kind of kind of the thing we've discussed on the show, and I know a lot of fans of the show have talked about, which is everyone holds this almighty grudge against Negan with justification. However, everyone seems to forget the sins of their friends or, or their sins, their kind of things that they have done. They can look upon Negan as the stuff he did is terrible and he was doing it for terrible reasons and he was a terrible guy. Is he the same person now, five, six, seven years after All Out War? No, he's not. Can you judge someone based on the past if they have learned from it and showed progression? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. That's a question I think people wrestle over constantly far smarter people than me in the tv show and everything i think we're seeing that being played out quite beautifully because there are there are characters there who have maybe not forgiven negan but have moved on aaron is not one of them maggie is not one of them gabe 
Father Gabriel, I think he accepts Negan for who he is now. I think there are others do as well. I think Daryl even has a begrudging relationship with him, which is kind of one of mutual respect. Don't like you, but you are a different person now to the guy who fed me dog shit sandwiches. He was on easy street. No, I'm not going to sing it. But now I've said it, you're all doing it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, so the developments around Negan I thought were fantastic. I thought all of that aspect was really good. Um, probably the biggest moment in this, or, or one of the big kind of really wow moments, and I imagine everyone's been talking about this, and I've kind of avoided social media before I recorded, is the moment that Negan spots Herschel is there. So there's two parts to this. One is Herschel stowed away and is gone with his mother despite her saying, you know, I'll be back soon. Little sod. Kids, eh? Negan spots him and Negan goes and gets him and basically, in essence, saves him from being used as a prisoner by the Commonwealth soldiers. Grabs him, brings him, gets him somewhere safe. Negan once again has stepped in and has saved him. He saved Maggie three to four times this season. Uh, genuinely, I think it's three to four. He has saved other people, Judith, throughout his time now as a as a redeemed member of the survivors, if you like. To me, it's fascinating. Then it's still utter hostility, and there's a line that from Maggie of Negan, if anything happens to him, and Negan says it would have to happen to me first. I think anyone who's who's a parent or anyone who is watching that just just felt that to their very core. You know, it's kind of, you know, if something's going to happen to my child, something's going to happen to this child, you're going to go through me, and that is not going to be easy. I don't know if Maggie felt any better hearing that, but I know me watching it, I was kind of taken aback by it. I thought, wow, yeah, that's that's powerful. That's that's meaningful. You then go to the second aspect of these two being face-to-face. Compliments to the young man playing Herschel. Up to this point, we've not really seen him deliver many lines, not really seen him in any scenes. He's just sort of there in the background. And this is his first chance that I can really think of. We got to see the young lad act, and wow, well done. Uh, The casting on The Walking Dead does an amazing job with kids, really does. Uh, Judith is a force of nature. Uh, the young man Chandler Riggs of course who played Carl was just incredible in every scene he was ever in and now we've got this young lad playing Herschel who just uh, blew me away I mean he he just conveyed emotion conveyed sincerity conveyed anger and everything and just the way he looked you know what was the instruction to him as a child actor I want you to look at him with hatred I want you know think this, this is the Grinch he stole all your Christmas presents stare at him you know it was phenomenal, um, and he holds a gun to Negan. Uh, you know, my mum told me a bad man killed my father. Was that you? I don't know how many people were expecting Negan to just say yes to that. Um, I, it surprised me. Not so much that I don't think Negan would be open about it or anything, but I think it surprised me in that instance. Um, later in the episode, again, there's another interaction between the two, and Negan basically says to him that, if you ever, you know, you want revenge, you, you know, when you're older, come find me. I, I don't know where to take that. I don't know. Um, 
I saw a lot of people's reaction to it was kind of like Negan basically saying that if this kid needs to kill him to feel better, he'll allow it. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that was it. I think it was kind of like, you want revenge one day, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. You know, if you think you can take me, bring it. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I think there is real uh, sincerity in Negan being sorry for the man he became when he was the Lord of the Saviors and all of that. I think there is real sincerity about that. I would like to see other aspects of his character from that time being discussed and being, you know, him showing real sorrow over it and him being confronted over it. I think the focus has been on his violence, not so much the other aspects of, of Negan in that particular time. Um, whereas violence in this world is is pretty common touch, you know, you don't, none of the characters we have have got their hands clean, they've all been ridiculously violent at one time or the other, I mean, Rick, the character I loved the most in the show was ridiculously violent, I mean, him and that machete, wow, it was terrible, <laughs> but it, it just a case of, with Negan, they, they need to do that for me, but that's that's probably just me, so... All the scenes in this were great. Um, we do see this group get the upper hand over the Commonwealth soldiers. They kind of trick the commander to the roof. Aaron shoots the guy until he goes off the roof. I wasn't expecting that from Aaron, but I loved it. His anger at basically feeling like he's been manipulated by these people. And in essence, he, he, he kind of made a choice to join the Commonwealth, made a choice to be a part of that. He made a choice that he was going to go out and recruit for the Commonwealth. And here's this guy who was his line manager, for want of a better word. And he was a mass murdering fuckhead. And Aaron, yeah, Aaron felt angry and dealt with him. Which, and dealt with him in a brutal way. Because he could have shot him in the head, but he didn't. He shot him off the roof, the land next to all of the people he'd thrown off the roof earlier. Who had then turned... And crawled over and feasted on the guy. What a way to go. I felt like a really deserving death for that guy. Does anyone else feel that way? It was like, this guy was horrible. And for him to die hard and nasty in that way, I was like, yes. That felt good. That That's that's the way it's done, people. It leaves so many things up in the air, though. Um, we have Negan and this group of people, in essence, are now homeless. Where are they going to go? Um, I think it was hinted at, but not actually said here. I mean, hilltop or hemorrhaging people. Here's a group of people. Can Maggie bring Negan and his family into her home? I I have no idea. I, I really have no idea if that can happen, but I, I, it should. You know, if you're if you're being sensible and you're being a good leader, you're hemorrhaging people, you need people, you need people who can work, you need people who can get food, forage, go out on runs, help rebuild the walls, etc. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see, but they're going to have to go to the hilltop. Now, if that happens, are the Commonwealth going to go looking for their soldiers when they find their soldiers have all been killed at this building? Are they going to go looking for revenge? Is that what leads to Daryl rocking up at the hilltop? Are they looking for Negan in that group? I don't know. We still got those questions to be answered. One of the questions in this whole episode, however, which does get answered right at the very end, is where the hell are these weapons? This group of Negan... Uh, I'm going to call them Negan's group for the want of a better terminology. This group clearly didn't take them. They clearly didn't hijack it. So where in the hell are they? Right at the very end, we learn that one person took out the Commonwealth Patrol and took the weapons... 
and that one person just so happens to be Daryl's very, very angry ex-girlfriend, Leah. Um, who, I suppose when she kind of vanished, there was a real possibility that that was it. That was the end of it, and she was done, and she was gone. Uh, you know, we've had that story arc. However, no, she is still very much a part of this. I think I, I think I need to draw a line here just a second, just to voice a little bit of frustration. The episode for me was great. Yeah, the frustration actually comes from the announced spin-offs. Leah's still being there. Daryl has a spin-off with Carol. They're going off somewhere, like a road trip away from this area. So we know there's no reconciliation there. We know there's going to have to be a confrontation perhaps at some point. It's it's frustrating. We know that Daryl's going to come away from it okay. We know that Carol's going to come away from it okay. We also now know that Maggie and Negan come away with it, okay. When they announced the spin-off, did anyone else pick up on, like, Negan and his family, Maggie and her family? I mean, I don't know. Is is that is it going to be that this group that are all there and Maggie is part of that and that's why they end up in New York? No idea. However, we do now have the fact that we know they're going to be okay. We know that both of them are going to be fine. It is frustrating. I, I still don't know why they did it. Why they couldn't announce a spin-off with two major characters coming will be announced when the show finishes. You know, commission a new six-point... I mean, I get it, they want to try and build hype for it, but it does feel like they're kind of crapping on the final season, because with it being the final season, I don't know about anybody else, but it really added all that season one tension back in for every character, because it's the end. We know it's the end, so... They can just be killing them off at will, you know, <laughs> just, you know, yeah, Rosita, been bit, gone, Carol, fell off a cliff, gone, you know, you literally, and, and it could be like every episode, just tension and heartbreak, and, oh yeah, why am I asking for this, yeah, we want them all to have a nice party at the end, but anyway, so there you go, Um, just very quickly, there is a rumour of another spin-off series, by the way, which is going to be a spin-off featuring Rick and Michonne, not convinced of that. The reason why I'm not convinced of it is Andy Lincoln walked away from The Walking Dead for a reason. Unless unless his wife's sick of him, of course. And we all know the actress who played Michonne is now doing wonderful things in Hollywood, cinema, the MCU, and various other projects I've seen her linked to. So, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe if it's a limited run series, like a six episode kind of thing, this is what they did next. I think people would love that. I know I'd love it. I know I'd watch it. Uh, But a series that could possibly run and run, I'm not sure. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, But yeah, so that kind of sums up everything from that side of things. Um, The big big kind of linking between them, of course, is the guy who is back at uh, the Commonwealth. The guy who sent in Toby to deal with things. The man I'm talking about, of course, is Hornsby. In the other aspect of the storyline where Rosita and Daryl are going on, uh, Rosita and Daryl are basically going to work. Daryl's eating a donut, so proof that the uh, CA are definitely police. Um, There's no dispute in that now. Definitely police. Um, I think even Rosita uh, says, you know, way to to fit the stereotype there, Daryl. It's like, I don't know, I like them. Uh, Daryl's police just doesn't work for me. <laughs> I just don't know where that is. That just it just doesn't work in my mind at all. But it's funny anyway. 
the two of them uh, are basically then in uniform and accosted again by this Sebastian. I mentioned earlier in the podcast how when I watched Toby die hard, a uh, horrible death, it felt really great and fitting for him. I'm not quite sure how I want Sebastian to die yet, but he needs to die a death. And it needs to be one of just beautiful irony or something. Just like a walker or something just to rip the guy apart. I have no idea. But that guy, oh wow, he's doing such a great job. Because he literally comes on screen and I want to throw things at the guy. He wants money. His mother's cut off his credit. He wants cash. He knows of a house outside of the walls where someone had a safe with a load of cash in it because he was a prepper. Two things. One, does that mean the Commonwealth is actually using old US currency? Otherwise, what good is it? I'm lost with that. And two, surely people are going to notice if he suddenly just rocks up with a load of cash. I I, I struggled with that. I didn't fully understand that notion. I didn't fully understand where it's coming because I was confident when I saw um, Judith shopping and they were shopping. I'm sure they had their own kind of currency, their own type of money. Uh, they were like writing down markers for each other and stuff. Okay, that's going to cost this. So maybe they are using the old currency. I mean, it makes sense if there's still loads of it kicking around, but well, clearly they must be. Otherwise, this episode literally would have made no sense. But I don't know about anybody else. Anybody else watching, whether you picked up on that, drop me a message, let me know. I'm talking to myself right now, so I feel very ever so lonely. Um, at least I haven't started doing other voices yet. So, he kind of manipulates... Daryl says... Daryl mocks him a little bit, which was brilliant and funny. But he kind of then has to suffer for it straight away because these two other guys take Rosita and Daryl out to this house and tell them... On Sebastian's orders, they have to go in there, walk through the dead, uh, you know, because there's like a herd going around it, walk through them, gut up, walk through, get into this safe, get the money, and get out. Um, sounds like a completely pointless thing to do. Daryl basically tells them to jog on. And then Sebastian kind of brings up the kids. Uh, as we all know, Uncle Daryl is now a primary caregiver to Judith, and young RJ, and Daryl reacts the way I wanted Daryl to react. Daryl basically holds a knife to the guy's throat and makes it abundantly clear, you mention those kids again, in any way that sounds like a threat, I will end you. Um, the guys the guys were there like, yeah, then you die, and Daryl's like, don't care, he will be dead, and you don't do that. He basically says, no, 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 it wasn't a threat to them at all. It was just, you know, you get this money. You think how much better they could live. That's all I was going to say. It was a threat. I know it, you know it. Everybody knows it. Little Sebastian, uh, he knows it. And Daryl sure as shit knew it. So uh, they do go ahead. Um, he even mentions Coco. Of course, so Rosita's like on the brink of severe anger anyway. We do get some great visuals. The two of them get inside. Um, I thought it was all really well done. There's a scene where Daryl has to go and try and get a generator working and the lights flickering. Various walkers are coming at him. It's like a strobe effect whilst he's fighting them. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, they find a woman actually locked into this kind of panic room safe. Uh, in essence, she got into this place, locked the door behind her because of all the walkers, and then just got stuck. 
through this, we learn uh, the lady's name's April, and we learn that basically Sebastian's been sending people to their deaths to try and get this money for some time, and she was just part of the latest poor sods to be sent to do it. Uh, they get her out. But then uh, the dead sort of break into the house because an alarm is triggered and the noise draws them into the house. They're barricading the door. Gunfire like crazy. And I assume, watching it, that perhaps Sebastian's then coming with the troops to kind of save the day. To be, oh, look at me. Look how I came in, you know, to save you. But it wasn't. It was the big man. And he is there... And he has come in, Mercer, sorry I'm talking about, I said a big man, I'm, I'm saying to you guys the nickname I have for him without telling you who the hell I'm talking about. Sorry about that. Mercer, he comes in with Carol, uh, Commando Carol herself. Basically she had a lunch date with Daryl, he didn't show up, so Carol knew via osmosis she'd need Mercer and also knew exactly where Daryl would be. Anyone else? Anyone else finding that odd? Literally, whole of the Commonwealth in every direction around it, but she knew exactly where to find him. Is Daryl being lowjacked? Does Commando Carol have a tracing device on all of our people? Everyone needs to think about that. But anyway, we're going to forget it because it's fun. Mercer rocks up, Carol as well, wipe the dead. They then decide to get up, to walk back through them to get away. Unfortunately... Uh, April gets caught with one of the walkers and she gets feasted on April's dead which basically means that about 13 I think it would later reveal 30 plus people have been sent to this place to their deaths to try and get this money Carol, Daryl, Mercer, Rosita they get up, back up there's these two soldiers there waiting basically one of them gives Mercer a bit of lip about not having to answer to him because obviously the answer to uh, Sebastian Mercer kills them both. Cold. And I mean cold as ice. He's the general of the CA. He's the commander. And here's two guys in that uniform not answering to him or giving him shit. Bang. Doesn't hesitate. Just gun to the back of the head, both of them. I'm not quite sure how I'd feel. I think, you know, I, I think we've all established so far that Mercer is a is an okay dude. He is a good guy. But clearly clearly there's there's a, a side to him you don't want to be on his bad side i think's the point i'm trying to get here he tells daryl look you're gonna to have to give this money over there's no two ways about it this guy's gonna make your life hell um you just gotta do this and and that's hopefully gonna be the end of it uh, mercer carries the money back through because he won't get searched daryl etc they go back through Carol decides at this point she's gonna play her uh she's gonna pay her old pal hornsby a visit to kind of suss him out on this, I think. I think she goes there to tell him what's gone on, to see if he's outraged, or to see if he's aware, and it becomes pretty abundant fast. Not only is he aware, he's been sending people after that money as well. Whether he's doing it with Sebastian, or whether he's been doing it independent of him, he was aware of it, and he has sent people to their deaths to, to get it. Uh, Carol, I think in this moment plays along i think in this moment she says uh something along the lines of yeah you know if you're not part of the part of the solution you're part of the problem he says oh it's so good to talk to you so good to speak to somebody who gets it but when she leaves i'm fairly confident we have a little look to the camera sort of thing of hmm 
Okay, he's not good people. Um, like I said, there are a lot of threads going on that are being pulled in a lot of different directions with the show right now. All kind of unraveling what the hell the Commonwealth is. I think we can all safely say that Hornsby is not a good guy. Uh, Sebastian definitely not. Sebastian's mother, I'm, I'm still, I'm still the judge is still out on. I honestly don't know. I get the feeling at some point we're going to get the reveal that she is actually still in charge of all of this and okay's at all and she's just as bad as everybody else. But right now, I think we're being led to believe that there's this kind of sinister heartbeat underneath the Commonwealth and she's trying to hold it all together. Uh, but that was the episode. Uh, I think I covered everything. Apologies if I've missed stuff. Um, here on my own with no one to remind me uh, a big massive thank you to everybody for listening we do really appreciate you and sorry about these solo shows we will be back to just me and Stefan chirping away at each other about every episode if you are a fan of marvel at the mcu marvel television universe keep an eye out for monday where i'll show you the first show moon Knight monday it's the new show from marvel this out now on disney plus uh, and obviously much more keep an eye on our social media we'll be announcing it as the shows come up so many things we love to talk about here are now returning for new seasons after the pandemic so we're going to be busy but we're also really looking forward to it big thank you again i hope you'll be back next week for next week's walking dead wednesday where we'll be discussing episode 15 until then everybody take care thank you for listening to the stuff and things podcast We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Facebook or online. Simply search the Stuff and Things podcast to join in our conversation every week.